Blog Talk Radio. Right now, I'd like to go into the pre-recorded segment of this of today's show, 
in which you'll hear from other people who attended that rally, as well as the speech that Senator Barack Obama gave. So I'm going to let you hear from those people who believe we can change, and then we'll go into Senator Barack Obama's speech. So, who am I speaking to? Nick Blazer. Hi, Nick. How are you? Good. How are you? What brings you out today? Just see the uh, future president of America. What is it about him that brings you out here to support him? Uh, I don't know. I just think he's a very dy dynamic guy. Um, I think he can bring some good change to America. Like, But you're not quite at the age to vote yet, you No, nope, I missed it by a week. <laughs> And what about you? Um, well, yeah, I can't vote myself. Um, this is my couple months, but, you know, I just I like getting involved in the political process because, I mean, it affects everyone's lives whether you can vote or not. So I just came out to see what he's got to say and uh, see what's going on. You know, trying to do my duty. Um, my parents do support Obama, and I certainly, I'm a fan of his policies. If I could vote, uh, he would have my vote. What specific policies are you interested in of his? Um, well, I like his views as far as taxing and things. I definitely think that it's time to uh, bridge the gap between like the middle and the higher class and all this. And um, he just—he's very good as far as like speaking and just—he's he's a real like he can speak to the people of America. He's not just one of these business suits who sits up in a chair somewhere. Like he—I feel like he can connect with them personally. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your comments. I appreciate it. And your name again? Thank you. I'm Alex Coates. Alex. Okay. And you just signed up yes. to volunteer at one of the offices. Yes. Uh, Are you old enough to vote yet? I'm not old enough to vote. Um, my birthday's in July, so I'm actually missing this election. But. Um, <laughs> Since I can't vote, I wanted to have some kind of impact on the campaign, so I'm going to volunteer all day on Election Day and hopefully help to bring in some more votes for Obama. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Campaign also? Yes, they did work the campaign canvas last weekend. And what you? What is your incentive for supporting Obama? Um, just we need cha change. We need somebody with fresh ideas. Um, somebody young. Um, and I think it's just uh, the way this country, not only the country, but the way the world needs to view us. Okay, I will. Uh, so that's my, my reason for support. We need some fresh ideas and things going forward. Okay, thank you. I have to take my buddy off. <laughs> and what's your name? Uh, my name's Stephen Hollis. Okay, thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. I'm out here in this cold weather, <laughs> standing uh, out here waiting to see Barack for a couple of hours. And can you give us your name, please? Uh, yes, my name is Deborah Somerville-Perry. bunch of kids from high school, a bunch of football players, young African-American men, our future. Which, which high school? Broughton High School. And I bought, uh, it's about six or seven of them over there, and I wanted them to have the opportunity to see history in the making. Wanted to come, begged to come. Excellent. What, um, what is it that they hope to get out of this event? They kind of just feel like they want to be a part of history, you know, and they're Upcoming opportunities to go to college and things of that nature. So they're um, looking forward to hearing what he has to say about the educational issues. Yes, they're looking forward to just seeing him and hearing everything he has to say. Okay. Let us pray. Yeah. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. 
before the hills and order stood on earth received her frame. From everlasting thou art God, to endless years to sing. We've gathered this morning here in Raleigh, the state capital of North Carolina. We have come from distances both near and far. We are here, sons of former slaves and sons and daughters of former slave owners. We are here, black, white, brown, people of all colors. We are here, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics and Muslims and people from all faiths. We have come together, united for one common cause and one purpose. And that is to show our support and rally for the next president of these United States of America. Obama. We thank you for the person that he is. We thank you that he is, is one that has been chosen for times such as these. One who will lead this great country from doom and gloom to happiness and prosperity. We pray your blessings upon he and his family. Look down upon him and comfort, sustain, and keep him, protect him. We pray that you give him wisdom, courage, knowledge, and understanding. And as he leaves, let him lead with just, justly ruling in the fear of God. Place around him people, all him, the Father, with like minds that are willing to work for the people of these United States of America. And we hope and pray, our Heavenly Father, that one week from this day when the, uh, the votes have been cast and the ballots have been tallied, that, that it ring out all over these United States of America and all over the world that the next new president of the United States of America will be Senator Barack Obama. In your name we pray, amen. amen. I present to you now State Representative Greer Martin. by saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. to sing our national anthem.
for change. Just a quick short note that I must give a shout out to the Capital Region field staff, a truly gifted team who put this event together. A round of applause for them. I have never really understood why the volunteers, some of them come spend tireless days and even nights in my office. And so I began to ask. I asked the one young woman who came in after canvassing, tell me why you're here. What brings you in this day after day? And she said, I have a son who has just completed three tours in Iraq. And with tears streaming down her face, she shared with me, when the phone rings while he was there, and when a car rides by with tinted windows, my heart drops. I don't know what they're going to say. I received a phone call before he came back. And it was from Fort Bragg. I looked at it on the caller ID. And I just knew something was wrong. Only to find out that it was the wrong number. Time to bring our truth. You know, the pundits told us that we wouldn't be here today, that this is a red state. The pundits said that, that we would be trailing here at this point, but we're not. But because of an unbelievable hunger for change, we are turning this state blue. pass you by. If you've got any questions about where to go, please go to voteforchange.com. O-T-B-G! O-T-B! Help us get out the vote! Take out your cell phones and text N-C to 6262 and join our movement. And in the words of John F. Kennedy from his inaugural address, whether you are citizens of America or citizens of the world, ask of us here the same high standards of strength and sacrifice which we ask of you. With a good conscience, our only sure reward. With history, the final judge of our deeds. Let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessings and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must be truly our own. Thank you. President
service in the country. And that's important. Give it up for Governor Mike Easley. to do outstanding work on behalf of the education of all our children, former Governor Jim Hunt. I want to thank Raleigh Mayor Charles Meeker, the next governor of the great state of North Carolina, Beverly Perdue, and United States Senate, soon to be member of the United States Senate, our challenges 
had outgrown the smallness of our politics. I was convinced that Democrats and Republicans, Americans of every political stripe, were hungry for new leadership, new ideas, a new kind of politics, one that favors common sense over ideology, one that focuses on those values and ideals that we hold in common as Americans. Most of all, I believe in you. I believe in the American people. I knew that the American people were decent and generous, willing to work hard and sacrifice for future generations. And I was convinced that when we come together, our voices are more powerful than the most entrenched lobbies, the most vicious political attacks, or the full force of the status quo in Washington that just wants to keep things the way they are. 21 months later, my faith in the American people has been vindicated. That's how we've come so far, come so close, because of you. That's how we'll change this country with your help. And that's why, and that's why, Raleigh, we cannot afford to slow down or sit back or let up one day, one minute, one Bush budget that has led us to a half a trillion dollar deficit 
and added immeasurably to our national debt. He's called for less regulation on Wall Street, across the board in the banking sector, over 21 times just this year. Now those are the facts. John McCain says we can't spend the next four years waiting for our luck to change. He's right about that. But you understand the biggest risk we can take is to embrace the same old policies that have failed us over the last eight years. That's what John McCain's offering. We've tried it John McCain's way. We've tried it George Bush's way. And it hasn't worked. That's why I'm running for president. Economic theories don't work. Yes, it does. That's why his campaign said that if we keep talking about the economy, we're going to lose. <laughs> That's why I keep on talking about the economy. <laughs> they don't want to talk about the economy. That's what you want to talk about. That's what affects your lives day in and day out. Now, because he knows that. Lately, he's called me a socialist. Uh, for wanting to roll back the Bush tax cuts for the wealthiest Americans so we can finally give tax relief to the middle class. I don't know what's next. By the end of the week, he'll be accusing me of being a secret communist because I shared my toys in kindergarten. <laughs> I, shared, I, 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 shared my, uh, I shared my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> but you have a choice, too. But I, the fundamental question in this election is not are you better off than you were four years ago. We know the answer to that. The fundamental question is will we be better off four years from now? Yes, we will! Now, for eight years, we've seen Washington take care of the extremely well off and the extremely well connected. And now my opponents making the same arguments to justify the same old policies that have been a complete failure for the middle class. Mm. I mean, the arguments he's making now are the same arguments that George Bush made all these years. Kept on saying, you know, if we give tax cuts to all these really wealthy people, it's going to help everybody. It'll grow the economy. No. The economy has not been growing. No. And the average middle class family is $2,000 poorer now than when George Bush took office. Yes. When Bill Clinton was president, your average wages and income went up $7,500. So if I've got economic theories that are similar to Bill Clinton's, yeah. and you've got economic theories similar to George Bush's, you can look and see which one worked and which didn't. Yeah. The facts are there for everybody to see. John McCain wants to give more to billionaires, more to corporations that ship jobs overseas, more to the same people whose greed and irresponsibility got us into this crisis in the first place. And we're here because we know they shouldn't get away with it anymore. We don't need another president who fights for Washington lobbyists in Wall Street. We need a president who stands up for hard-working Americans on Main Street.
With six days left, it's time for the American people to think very hard about what four years of John McCain's policies would mean for the middle class. If Senator McCain is elected, 100 million Americans will not get a tax cut. Won't see a cent. But the average Fortune 500 CEO will get $700,000 in tax relief. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just ask him one thing. I mean, if they're satisfied with what's happened over the last eight years, they should vote for McCain. I know. But ask them what good idea that we have for our future. You don't know. You know his attacks on me. You know the bad things he's saying about me. But ask yourself, can you name one thing that John McCain is offering to improve this economy? No! You don't know. No! I know. He spent all this time attacking me. I know that my opponent's worried about losing an election. But I'm worried about Americans who are losing their homes and losing their jobs.
That's how we created not just more millionaires, but more middle-class families. That's how we've always grown the American economy from the bottom up. John McCain calls this socialism, apparently. I call it opportunity. Now understand, if we want to get through this crisis, we need to get beyond the old, tired, ideological debates. The divisions between left and right. We don't need bigger government or smaller government. We need, we need a better government. Yeah. A smarter government. Yeah. A more competent government. Yeah. A government that upholds the values we hold in common as Americans. We don't have to choose between allowing our financial system to collapse and allowing it to just run wild. As president, I will ensure that the financial rescue plan helps stop foreclosures, not just helps protect Wall Street banks, that it protects your money instead of enriching corporate CEOs. I'll put in place the common sense regulations that I've been calling for throughout this campaign so that Wall Street can never cause this crisis again. That's the kind of change we need. Updating our financial regulations for the 21st The choice in this election isn't between tax cuts and no tax cuts. It's about whether you believe we should only reward wealth or whether we should also reward work and the workers who create it. Yes! I want everybody in North Carolina to understand because John McCain, he just mangles this thing. He, he's just making stuff up. So let's, let's, I want everybody to pay attention. This is to talk to your friends and neighbors when they say, oh, Obama, I'm worried about, he might raise my tax. I will give a tax break, a tax cut, to 95% of Americans who work every day and get taxes taken out of their paycheck. I'll eliminate income taxes for seniors who are making under $50,000 a year. We're going to give the average homeowner and working parents more of a break. Now, nobody, nobody can dispute this. John McCain tries to dispute it, but he can't dispute it. That's my plan. <laughs> and I will help pay for this by asking folks who are making more than $250,000 a year to go back to the tax rates they were paying back in the 1990s, before the Bush tax cuts. Let me just see a show of hands. How many people are making less than a quarter million dollars a year? $250,000. You will not see your taxes increased by one single dollar. Not your income tax. Not your payroll tax. Not your capital gains tax. No tax. Because the last thing we should do is raise taxes in this economy on the middle class. Period. So my tax rates will be lower than they were under the law of rates.
follow John McCain's plan to keep giving tax breaks to corporations that ship our jobs overseas. I will end those tax breaks. And we will give tax breaks to American businesses that are creating jobs right here in the United States. A $3,000 tax credit for every job they create right here in America. We'll eliminate capital gains taxes for small businesses and startup companies that are the engines of job creation in this country. We'll create 2 million new jobs by rebuilding our crumbling roads and bridges and schools, by laying broadband lines to reach every corner of North Carolina, every corner of the country. So businesses can locate there, and all our young people can access the internet. We'll invest $15 billion a year in renewable sources of energy, create 5 million new energy jobs over the next decade. Jobs that pay well and can't be outsourced. Jobs building solar panels, wind turbines, a new electricity grid. Jobs building the fuel-efficient cars of tomorrow, not in Japan, not in South Korea, but right here in the U.S. today. Jobs that will help us eliminate the oil we import from the Middle East in 10 years and help save the planet in the bargain. That's how America can lead again. When it comes to health care, we don't have to choose between a government-run health care system and the unaffordable one that we have now. How many people have seen their premiums go up on your health insurance? See, now, if you already have health insurance, the only thing that will change out of my plan is that we're going to work with your employer to lower your premiums. How many people don't have health insurance? If you don't have health insurance, you'll be able to get the same kind of health insurance the members of Congress, including John McCain, give it themselves. We'll invest in preventive care and new technology to finally lower the cost of health care for families and businesses and the entire economy. And as somebody who watched his own mother on a hospital bed arguing with insurance companies at the end of her life because they were calling her cancer a pre-existing condition and saying maybe they didn't have to pay for a treatment. I will stop insurance companies from ever again discriminating against those who are sick. When it comes to giving every child a world-class education, we can compete in this global economy. Choice is not between more money and more reform. Our schools need both. As president, I'll invest in early childhood education. We'll recruit an army of new teachers. We'll pay our teachers higher salaries. We'll give them more support. I'll demand higher standards and more accountability from our schools. And I'll make a deal with every young American who's out there all across the country. If you commit, if you commit to some form of national service, serving your community or your country, in the military, in the Peace Corps, working in the veterans home, working in the homeless shelter, whatever national service you choose, we will make sure you can afford your tuition, no ifs, ands, or buts. And when it comes to keeping America safe, we don't have to choose between retreating from the world and fighting a war without end in Iraq, it's time to stop spending $10 billion a month in Iraq. So 
up by asking the Iraqis to step up. And I will finally finish the fight against Bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. We will put them out of business. And I will never hesitate to defend this nation. But I will only send our troops into harm's way with a clear mission and a sacred commitment to give them the equipment they need in battle and the care and benefits they deserve when they show up. to defeat the threats of the 21st century. And I'll restore our moral standing so that America is once again that last vessel for all who are called to the cause of freedom, to all who long for lives of peace, who yearn for a better future. Now, well, I won't stand here and pretend that any of this will be easy. Because or that it will be quick. It's needed. Especially now. We have to George Bush has dug a deep hole. And nobody cares. The cost of the they put their life on line for us. And the cost of the war in Iraq means and that Washington will they have, they have to stand in line at our, our food put off shelter. Put we can afford to do without. On this, is really resonating with you. As president, I'm going to go through the federal budget, line by line. And we're going to end programs we don't need. And we'll make the ones that we do need work better and cost less. But as I said from the beginning of this journey, all those months ago, the change we need isn't just about new programs and new policies, it's about a new attitude. It's about a new politics. A politics that calls on our better angels instead of encouraging our worst instincts. One that reminds us of the obligations we have to ourselves and to one another. Part of the reason that the economic crisis occurred is because We've been living through an era of profound irresponsibility. Yeah. On Wall Street, easy money, and an ethic of what's good for me is good enough, blinded executives to the dangers of the decisions they were making. Yeah. On Main Street, lenders tricked people into buying homes they couldn't afford. Yeah. So some folks knew they couldn't afford those houses, they bought them anyway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In Washington, politicians spent money they didn't have. They allowed lobbyists to set the agenda. They scored political points instead of solving problems. Even after the greatest attack since Pearl Harbor, all we were asked to do by our president was to go shop. There was no sense of sacrifice, no sense of service or duty, responsibility. That's why, that's why what we've lost over these last eight years can't just be measured by lost wages or trade deficits alone. What's been lost is the idea that in this American story, each of us has a role to play. Each of us has a responsibility. All of us have to work hard and look after ourselves and our families. And each of us has a responsibility to our fellow citizens. That's what's been lost over these last eight years. Our sense of mutual responsibility, our sense of common purpose. That's what we need to restore right now.
their responsibility. We can argue and debate about our positions passionately, but at this defining moment, all of us have to summon the strength and the grace to bridge our differences, to unite in common effort, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, young, old, rich, poor, gay, straight, disabled, not disabled, whoever you are, you need to be a part of this process. In this election, we can't afford the same political games that have been used to pit us against one another, make us afraid of one another. Folks in North Carolina know something about that. Folks in my home state, Illinois, know something about that. That's the old politics. The stakes are too high to divide us by race or class or region or background, by who we are or what we believe. Despite what our opponents may claim, there are no real or fake parts of this country.
When those who oppose you have you down, reach deep and fight back hard. North Carolina, that's what hope is. That thing that insists, despite all evidence to the contrary, that there are better days ahead if we're willing to work, if we're willing to shed our fears, if we're willing to reach deep down inside ourselves when we're tired and come back fighting hard. That's what kept some of our parents and grandparents going through tough times. What led them to say, maybe I can't go to college, but if I work hard, maybe my child can go to college. Maybe I can't own my own business, but if I work really hard, maybe my child can open one of her own. That's what led immigrants to come from distant lands to these shores for liberty and opportunity, working against great odds to carve a new life for their families in America. That's what led those who couldn't vote to march and organize and stand for freedom. We're going to cry out. It may look dark tonight, but if I hold on to hope, tomorrow will be brighter. That's the choice we face right now. Don't believe for a second this election's over. Don't think for a minute that power will concede without a fight. We have to work like our futures depend on it, because they do. In six days, we can choose an economy that rewards work, brings new jobs, fuels prosperity. In six days, we can choose to invest in health care for our families, and education for our kids, and energy for our future. In six days, we can choose hope over fear, unity over division, change over the status quo. before in the news and on the speeches and stuff like that. But it's always good to see him. We, I've never seen him in person, so that was really fascinating for me as well. I was hoping to get a personal picture shaking hands for the wall. Was there anything that he said that resonated with you more than anything? I like the part when that girl fainted and he stopped the whole rally. And he was just like, Did you, were you there for that? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah he, it wasn't you that fainted, was it? Yeah, definitely. I like that. It kind of made him seem real to me. Maybe he threw off a bottle of water to them, yeah. Too. Thank you. So what did you think about his talk? Did you come from here and his speech? Wonderful. I thought he was excellent. 
it was so exciting to hear his ideas. That was just wonderful. <laughs> what in particular stood out to you the most? Well, just how it called everybody to responsible action, how we could all be part of the next administration to improving the country. So that was very touching, I thought. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your comments. I appreciate it. Oh, this, is, this is a show that I do. So what did you think? He was just so awesome. He's like, when he speaks, you know that this is why he was born, to be president, to be really who he is. And he's just so and intelligent. He's the greatest man. He speaks from his heart. Yeah, he's, he's down to earth. He's down to earth. When I hear... Now, literally, I don't like McCain, but when I hear McCain speak, there's nothing that he says to me that relates to me whatsoever. But when I hear Barack Obama, it's a move, it's a great movement in me. Like, I know this man is he real. He, he is. Yes. If you didn't have it, you'd have it after you, after you spoke to him. Yes. He that's really my president. That's <laughs> our president. We heard him talk before on television. What was the experience like seeing him actually? Awesome. It was the most amazing experience. It is a difference. It is exactly. It's like you can feel the emotion. Like you and know, not only like, that, like little things that he do, like it's two people that fainted. He handed them water bottles and stuff, and cut off what he was saying. He didn't just keep on talking. He like okay, just, yeah, it's just you know, he's not there. He can help him. Yeah. He really, you can tell that he cares. And if he cares that much about just those two small people in the crowd, then he'll do amazing things for America. What got me was when he was talking about the email about that lady, Robin. And when she said, um, if you don't think of anyone else, if, I mean, when you just get tired at night and you don't want to think about no, no more, nothing else, think of us, think of me and my son. And her son, I mean, can't get health care. And he has a shirt. This is ridiculous. Okay. Just, Thank you, ladies, so much for your time. Yeah. Okay. Think that you go... Yes, I actually got to shake his hand, and it was awesome. <laughs> I thought it was great. That was the best part about it, like being there. You know, you've heard this stuff over and over again, but actually to be there and actually hear him say it, it just motivated me tremendously. And I just, I'm just so excited. I'm more excited now than I was, like, four days ago, three days ago. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Are you old enough to vote, though? Yes, I'm 25. Okay, excellent. <laughs> One of the things that was clearly stated by those I talked with was, yes, although they had already heard most of what he said before, it was nothing like seeing him in person, and the experience for them was an emotional one. One lady was even crying when he was talking about the war in Iraq. That really resonated with her, and if you listen, you heard her explain why. They got a chance to see firsthand the human side of him. And as you heard some of the people say, that two older women who were in attendance fainted while they were in an audience while he, he spoke. And he got a bottle of water and handed it to the crowd to give it to the people who passed out. And that touched a lot of people because it showed the human side of the man. And after the second incident, if you notice, he said jokingly to the crowd, that you have to make sure you eat before you come to these rallies. But the reason I wanted to go was not for myself, but I wanted to go in honor of my mom and my dad who aren't alive today to witness this historic event. I could only imagine the pride that my father would have felt just at the notion of a man of color becoming the next president of the United States. So I braved the cold weather and stood in line for more than four hours to hear this man speak, but I did it in honor of my parents. I stood in the gap 
for those brothers and sisters who are incarcerated, those who are infirmed and hospitalized, and also for our forefathers who died just trying to vote. They died for our right to vote. For all those who paved the path before us that are not alive today to see the manifestation of the fruit of their labor. I admonish you not to let the local news media or the radio stations or the major news networks tell you that you're not an independent thinking human being. And that's exactly what they do when they dictate how you should view yourself. They want you to think that you're a black or white person, and some of you have even been programmed to see yourself this way. I admonish you to do this. Take this test, and I call it the crayon test. Get two crayons, a black one and a white one, and put it next to your skin. Now, whichever color matches your skin to the color of that crayon exactly, then I guess you are indeed a black or a white person and you fit that description. But if the color doesn't match exactly, I have bad news for you. You're not a colored being. You are a human being. And never, ever accept anyone calling you black or white.
know, when you go to the polls to vote, don't vote based on the color of a candidate's skin. Vote your conscience. Vote your heart. Vote for change. And that's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time, and have a great evening.
it was a creed written into the founding document that declared the destiny of the nation. Yes, we can. It was whispered by slaves and abolitionists as they blazed the trail toward freedom. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. It was sung. It was sung by immigrants as they struck out to the shore of pioneers. Yes, we can. 